There are so many reasons not to skip breakfast. So many savory, mouth-watering, tasty, delicious beyond all belief reasons. Actually, that last one was pretty convincing. Stop by for a McDonald's breakfast. Mix and match a sausage biscuit, sausage McMuffin, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Any two for just two bucks. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Famed rock and roll legend Mick Jagger once said, it's all right letting yourself go as long as you can get yourself back. Well, what if you can't get yourself back? What if you find yourself in an unfortunate situation where your chance of survival is beyond slim? That's exactly what happened to tonight's victim, a teenager whose love of live music brings him face to face with the angels of death. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talk Murder to Me. We are on the YouTubes. This story right here is a little more visual. You can follow along with us at talkmurder.com, and it'll be right there on the front page. But it'd be best if you guys were on YouTube, because this is a story with a lot of video in it. A lot All of right, cool video. Cool. So we are on YouTube right now. And so just type in Talk Murder to Me, and you can see this video. Be sure to subscribe. To us, and I don't know, I don't have any other news, so I'd, let's just get started, shall we? Yeah, happy recording day, guys. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah, well, should we just go ahead and kick it off with our surprise shot? Why not? Surprise shots, surprise shots. We don't know what they are, because they're a surprise. Cheers, friends. I'm afraid of clear liquor. I know you don't like I it. I know. We're the opposite when it comes to this, but... Cheers. Cheers. What is it? No guess? No. My liver has stopped caring. <laughs> it's like, fuck it, dude. You don't care. I don't care. <laughs> don't get mad when I shut down. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, like, mine will be the first one to shut down. Don't worry, John. You'll be, like, 85 and still have a good liver, and I'll be 60 and... Not actually, I'll probably need a liver transplant by the time I'm 35, but that's well, fine. by the by the time we get there, um, modern science will be so far in advance, yeah, because you can advance. grow organs on the back of a mouse. So, what, yeah, I don't think I want to put that in my body. Mm-mm. Nope, well, if you get bobbited or something, bobbited, yeah, we yeah, know, what you're talking I know what about. it is, or something you can they can grow an organ if you need a heart, a liver. On back of a mouse, like yeah, you do never they shave seen it? it. No, so they you, they put your there's like stem cell research and right. stuff. Right, a lot of people that get heart transplants and liver transplants, their body can't accept it, and they don't. The body doesn't accept right, it. Right, right. So you want to grow your own from your own DNA, and that's the key. So they basically put this DNA and mix it with this mouse DNA or some whatever they do, and an organ grows on the back of a rat. <clears throat> Interesting. <laughs> Let me pull it up my iPad. I mean, it sounds like 
eighty percent fake, but it, that's okay. Anyway, sounds... we just took a shot of vodka. Anyway, <laughs> so back to the topic at hand. Sorry, I'm looking for growing <laughs> organs on rats. I think I think we can skip that part. Uh, here it is. See, that's an ear. Ew, gross. That's a human Ew! ear. Oh my god, that's nasty. Why are his eyes red? Because he's a rat. He's an albino rat. This is. And they shaved him. Ew, but like then, then my ear would be made out of rat skin. That's gross. No, it's human skin. There's so many things that I just I want don't to like that. I'd rather right have. Now. I'd rather go Van Gogh than have a rat ear. I'm yeah. sorry. Like, call me old fashioned, I mean, but maybe. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Depends. I guess it, it's all dependent. I'm not in that situation. That is crazy. I did not believe you. So, I'm sorry thanks. for not believing you. And the Europeans say Van Gogh, not Van Gogh. Do they? Remember that documentary we watched? It was, she was like, Van Gogh, Van Gogh. And yeah. I started saying it and you were like, Van Gogh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, fuck, I sound like an idiot. <laughs> I mean, it's probably not how you pronounce it, but uh, whatever. It's, e- it's easier. All right. So let's get started. Um, tonight, you're probably looking at the screen. We are talking about the Rolling Stones murder. What do you Ooh. guys know about Rolling Stones? I know that I went to see them when I was 15 in concert. Very cool. Yeah. Did you go to Fenway? No. 1969? Or? I wish. <laughs> they know? were really good. They were old, but they were really good. My mom actually- They were went... old back then? Yes. Yeah, when I was 15. Oh, okay. I was fi- only 15 years ago. <gasps> 14 years ago. <gasps> it's the dreaded year. Um, My mom worked with the Rolling Stones. She flew a charter with them. And she got to meet Mick Jagger. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so Mick Jagger is the lead singer. We're going to be seeing a lot of him tonight. And probably 90% of people watching this are like, who? Oh, my gosh. Please don't say that. <laughs> the Rolling Stones okay, well, just are think still of the song Move, relevant. Moves no. like Jagger. They're still making music. They're still touring. Um, okay. Also, yeah, they are still tour- Half the band is still around. Well, I think two of the members are dead. But most of the members are still together. I mean, the ones, you know, the one, the names you know are still Keith Richards. touring. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But. Did you know what Brown Sugar is actually about? <sighs> um, I'll leave that to you guys to imagination, but it's not about the baking need. It's about black the, girls. No. Well, yeah, but everyone knows that. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, but it's not, <laughs> not just about. What the fuck? It's not about baking. Of course, <laughs> who the fuck thinks this is about baking? <laughs> what? Like sugar, as in what? like kissing? Like sugar? Give me no. some sugar? No, it's not. Well, I guess so, but not. <laughs> But not on the mouth. <laughs> Guys. Okay, are you saying it's about cunnilingus? Okay. Oh, what's, what's, I get those two confused all the time. Cunnilingus. Cunnilingus. This is my favorite word. It is about cunnilingus. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's did you know the, that one of the, the lyrics? Of the booty hole? I, did you know that some of the lyrics are, you can make a dead man come? Yeah. Yeah. Mick Jagger is freaking awesome. I got a lot more respect for him. After researching this? After researching this. All right, guys. For you on YouTube, we are on Google Earth right now. For our podcast listeners, we are going to Altamont Speedway. Have you heard of this? 1969. No. December 6th. This event right here was supposed to, well, after this happened, 
usher in the age of Aquarius. That's what everyone keeps. We're oh. in the age of Aquarius right now. Well, that's what everyone keeps calling this. I don't think it was an astrological thing. I think it was that this one event ushered in the end of the fun times in the 60s. And now it's like the 70s kind when of thing. The moon is in the seventh house and Jupiter aligns with Mars. All right. So. If you're looking at Google Earth, we are going to California, the uh, Altamont Raceway. Can you describe this for the audience, please? Looks like a dirt racetrack. Yeah, it's a dirt racetrack. In the middle of Bumblefuck, America. It actually just closed down about 11 years ago. Hmm. So this is what it looks like. It's in the middle of cow pastures. Yeah, I was going to say, does <clears throat> not. I would not have guessed that this was a, ra a racing area. It's at the... Uh, Southeast end of Livermore Valley and on the south side of an eight lane freeway, Interstate 580, 50 miles east of Oakland. Okay. And this actually, in 1969, December 6th, right here, there were 300,000 people coming to see from all the way from New York and, and everything, getting on planes, coming to see Mick Jagger and the Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. So. Believe it. Mm-hmm. This is what this place looked like on that day. Oh my goodness. Look at all those people. Yeah. So this is Not how many. an inch between them. Jeez. This is how many people were at the event in 1969 on Holy December 6th. Holy shit. It's like Woodstock. Oh no. You haven't seen anything yet. Check out this that was video. the same year as Woodstock as well. Yeah. Yeah. Check out this video. Holy tits. All there to see Mick Jagger. Yeah, try to do that, Skrillex. <laughs> or is that his name? <laughs> yeah, but is he still like oh, making music? I don't know. No uh, idea. That's Mick Jagger right there it who is. you're looking at. He's in the helicopter. Look at that shit. Wow. Look how many people are there. Oh my God. Wow. So the, the concert, just to give you a little background on the concert, it was a, a free concert. Oh, well, yeah. No wonder there's so many people there. Yeah. If it's free, it's for me. Heck yeah. Yeah, so it's a free concert that they were putting on, and it wasn't supposed to be at the the Altamont Raceway to begin with. It's okay. way too small. Mm. They actually had to take down all the scaffolding and all the seats from the raceway and everything else just to fit the people in there, and obviously they, they didn't fit. Wow. The venue they were supposed to go to canceled, and it was some something like that. So they mm -hmm. had to, at the last minute, get a contract to go here. Wow. Yeah, and it barely worked, but at the last minute they changed it and and that's what they did. Can you imagine the sound equipment that they must have had to have people even hear the music from? You oh know yeah. I mean? So the scaffolding for the speakers were, I mean, and you can see in some of the videos I'll show you, but people were climbing all up there. I mean, it's just so dangerous because those things are, you know, meant to hold speakers, not humans right. like going back and forth, you know. Jeez. But this is who we're talking about tonight. This is Meredith Hunter. For you podcast listeners, you can see him at talkmurder.com. For you YouTube guys, it's right here on the screen. Can you describe this man for us, Nicole? Tall, slender, young man. Um, looks like he's got a little bit of an afro. Um, a mustache. 
mustache African American gentleman, sharply dressed. Yes, I'm loving the hair. Very hat. snappy, all like khaki with um almost like a trench coat jacket. Mm-hmm. It's like has a tint of green. To yeah, it. It, yeah. It, well, it actually is lime green. You'll see a better picture. This picture right here doesn't do it any justice. I don't know the Bell coloring's bottoms. off. I mean, he's yeah. he is in the times. The coloring's awesome. the coloring's off on this picture. But you'll see a video of this guy, and you'll see the lime green. It's is okay. fluorescent green. It's, he stands out in a crowd with, oh, that, yeah. with the lime oh, green. Oh, yeah, then. definitely, 100%. So this is Meredith Hunter, 18 years old. He was first attending the Monterey Jazz Festival. Then he hears about this free concert. Now, he's not a huge Rolling Stones fan, but his girlfriend is. Mm-hmm. And this is 1969. Um, this is a day of... Or, the years of oppression with mm-hmm. uh you know civil black rights and movement. Yeah, civil uh civil rights black and white his girlfriend was a white woman hmm. and the reason i'm saying that is cuz back then it that was, was controversial. it was a yeah. huge deal back then and a lot yeah. of people think that it may have some sway on the case but hmm. he is 6 foot 2 he tells his girlfriend and you'll see a video of her later her name is patty breed or Bradehoft, B-R-E-D-E-H-O-F-T, Bradehoff, I'm probably mispronouncing that. Uh, she came with him in his 65 Mustang that is champagne beige. It's a beautiful Ooh. car. I got I got a picture of it here. Hmm. They called him Murdoch, so Meredith Murdoch Hunter. Okay. Now, he had a Native American father and was raised by an African-American mother hmm. named Altha May Anderson, which was actually really uh, sad and tragic. I was looking up. His mother was suffering from schizophrenia hmm. at the time of this. His, uh, his mother's husband actually died a month before this in an electrical accident. Hmm. And he is going to be a victim, too. So he is the only victim tonight. That we're talking about okay. uh, here. Okay. And this is the one, the event that kind of ushered in the new age, kind of ended the fun time flower, you know, it, it kind of brought a darker age. And and this is the the story that did that. Hmm. Interesting. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Now, was his, his mother's husband, was he the Native American man or was his birth father Native American? His birth father was. Oh, okay. Not that it matters. I was just curious. Well, there's not a ton of information on him and his family that I could find at least. So, I, you know, I don't know. Um, so moving on. All right. So I'm pulling this story tonight from two main sources. And I want to give both proper credit now because I'm going to be using them both extensively. Number one, a documentary produced in 1970 about this free concert because it was so eventful. And I mean, there, there was a, I have it in my notes later, but I believe California made four different propositions based on this one event. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. That's how important this was. So the documentary was it, produced and uh, some of it because of the murder. No, all of it because, all of, the because murder. of the murder. Yeah, all of it. Okay, okay. So there's a lot of things that uh, that happened. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Right. And you'll see why this wasn't a good idea to have this concert here. And that, that's what I want to show you. That documentary is called "Give Me Shelter," which oh, I heard about that documentary. 
And the other article that I'm using or the other source is from rollingstone.com or mm-hmm. Rolling Stone newspaper. Mm-hmm. And this is uh, the title is Remembering Meredith Hunter, the fan killed at Altamont. So I'm going to be using that uh, quite often. Nicole's going to be reading a lot from that. Okay. One specific article. They did a, a long read, very detailed and I mean, who else are you going to pull that the story of the source from? You know, Rolling Stones, this is the only place you need to go for a story like this. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's the only one I use. They did a very, very thorough read. So we're going to be using that. And that came out July 9th, 2018. Hmm. So, Nicole, can you start us off by reading from this article? Meredith was six foot two with his father's naturally straight hair. He would use Thai detergent and vinegar to reverse engineer his hair into a natural dew, fluffing it out to a small afro. He wore big brimmed hats and colorful jackets, sometimes with matching nail polish on his fingers, and there was a certain swagger to his walk, as if he were more comfortable in his skin than all the other teenage boys and girls still adjusting to their adult bodies. Good for him. He had his own personal style, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the Rolling Stones, the band itself, because a lot of listeners probably don't even really oh, know they, anything about it. they've got to know who the Rolling Stones are. I mean, they've are. heard of them, but I doubt it. I mean, <sighs> you know. Sad. I do love the Rolling Stones. And then some of our older listeners are like, oh, this story's going to take me start back. Start me up. <laughs> <laughs> you need to start me up and never stop. I want to ask you guys, why do you think this show was so rowdy? This was, I mean, you think of a 69 show, the Rolling Stones. It's mm-hmm. rock and roll, yeah. It's yeah. not, uh, it's Mozart. also in the it's middle not the of freaking a... pretentious Beatles. Also, it's, excuse <laughs> me, we're not going to get into this right now. We are not. Love, it's a... love is everywhere. That's not a Beatles song. <laughs> love is everywhere. Give me, can, give me some of that acid. Love is everywhere. You don't oh, yeah. sniff acid. Or whatever. Fucking, <laughs> damn it, you ruined it. <laughs> you ruined it. <laughs> So by starting this argument again, uh, well, it was outdoors and it was a free concert in California, and you know there was definitely some reefer out there, a lot of reefer. Well, I'm sure it was more reefer things madness. than just that, but you know, just look at the flyer and tell me if you can see the one thing that caused the most problems here. If you want to read this flyer for our podcast audience, Rolling Stones presents a free concert December sixth, nineteen sixty nine. Altamont Raceway, Livermore, California, special guests, Grateful Dead, Santana, Jefferson Jefferson Airplane, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, Flying Burrito Brothers. And at the very bottom? Security by Hells Angels. (laughs) (laughs) So no regulation. (laughs) They hired... Well, they didn't hire. They they basically isn't that what they did at Woodstock too? It's a free concert, so they don't want to pay for security. So they got the the Hell's Angels, which are also known for supplying all the drugs, to come and park their bikes to make like a, a railway, like a barricade, a barrier, a barricade in front of the Rolling Stones and the crowd. Which you're going to see the Rolling Stones on stage. It wasn't really a stage. It may have been. Two or three feet. Hmm. So they were like on a above platform. Above the ground. Yeah, a platform, a small platform. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. That must have been really hard to see them then. 
You know, I've seen Jefferson. Um, well, there weren't Jefferson Airplane anymore because Grace Slick wasn't there and the couple of members weren't there. But the band formerly known as Jefferson Airplane, now known as Jefferson Starship, I saw them live when I went to a Woodstock 50 year. Um, oh, cool. How many uh, band members do you need to have the band? Like, or let's say the Leonard Skinner, obviously they died in a plane crash. But what if their manager was like, hey, I was technically part of the band. Leonard Skinner. Um, I feel tour. like it's got to be somebody that it, that <laughs> pl- sings or plays a musical well, instrument on, in the so, thing. Like Panic at the Disco. Brendan Urie is the only original member left of the band. So, but mm. he's still he's still probably because they suck. No, I really like Panic at the Disco. I think they're great. I saw them live. So and have I. Think I. They I, suck. Was, I saw them live. I was in the front row. They were awesome. Anyway, I saw them live, but it was only because they were performing before Weezer. Yeah. Love Weezer. That's the concert you saw them at too, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, so you you think they suck, but you would see see them twice. That makes sense, right? Gotcha. Um, uh, they were great. Anyway, but yeah, he's the only he's the only original band member. Which I guess he, he's also the front man. You yeah. Know? So it's like also a little bit more okay. Yeah. Keep the same. Can you read this for us, Nikwees? The couple had been among the fans terrorized by the Hells Angels' presence. They had scurried out of the way when the angels had roared up to the stage, their Harley Davidsons with hardly a pause. If they hadn't made room for the motorcycles, they likely would have been run over. They watched helplessly as the bikers used their pool cues as truncheons, beating fans who had violated the unspoken rules of proximity to the Hells Angels. Bredhoft was particularly troubled by the band's announcements that came from the stage, asking the audience to calm down and be cool. It wasn't the audience causing the trouble in the first place, she thought. They actually threw a bottle and hit the lead singer of Jefferson Airplane in the face. Grace Slick? Yeah, the the female. Grace Slick. Yeah. And I was like, what the shit? This whole concert is supposed to be about uniting and love and stuff, and you bring the Hells Angels a bunch of thugs that are dealing meth and all kinds of drugs and drain. You're about to see some stuff. All right, ch- check this out. This is one of the videos from the documentary. Oh my yeah. god! That's the Hell's Angels beating with pull. Oh boy! They're still drumming. Oh my god! They're like in the crowd. Man, I'd like to imagine that the Hells Angels just uh, smashed Marty Ballin in the face and knocked him out for a bit. I'd like to thank you for that. There's uh, other ways. Hey, uh, wait, you, you uh, is this on? You're Came talking in? to me, I'm going to talk to I'm you. I'm talking to you, man. I'm talking to the people that hit my lead singer you're in the head. You're talking to my people. There's the Hells right? Angels talking. Let me talking. tell you what's happening. You, man, what's you're not happening. Hey, oh, this guy. No. For our podcast no. audience, this guy is holding a beer, the Hells Angels, and screaming at the one of the band members, and they're also beating patrons with pull cubes. Pull cubes. Look at that. So you got a bunch of hippies trying to get along with a bunch of rowdy bikers. It's just a so not a good... And this is in the middle of the day. The Stones ain't even got up there yet. So what do you think it's going to be like when the Stones get up there? Everybody's going to be drunk, dehydrated. Drunk. I mean, the, the Hells Angels were drunk before they even got there. So they're going to be oh, not only drunk, but on all kinds of, you know, whatever. Man, I mean, thugs. I don't know, man. They're thugs, dude. Like, 
if you're a biker, I'm sorry, man, but well, it's either you like, can be you dude. can be a biker and not be yeah, you can bike and yeah. and be respectful yeah, yeah, and not be a fucking asshole. Like aren't holy the Hell's shit. Angels the group that like have that like protect the children too that's what i was thinking oh my god yeah or like have use that as like a front or it's something a front. I yeah oh we're so good you protect the children that's what maybe that's where i was getting like i didn't realize that they had the reputation i definitely saw a video about something like that and they want that reputation so i mean i you know they want people like me talking bad about them that's what keeps them the, their uh, reputation, I guess. They're not Charlie's know. Angels. They're Hell's Angels. Let's just keep. I mean, that they, in mind. The, their name is Good Hell's point. Angels. Like, what Good are you, point. They're, yeah, they're, they're, I mean, uh, huh. it is what it is, man. Maybe they're trying to change the reputation by the whole protect the children thing. Uh, I don't know. I feel like that's been going on for a while. But, oh, really? Yeah. Even now, we did that one story where the Hell's Angels are like in charge of all the was it like opium or some some sort of drug. Like the oh, trafficking. Oh, fentanyl. Oh, yeah. Oh. They're doing all the fentanyl now. Interesting. So, dude, I'm okay. sorry, but like. No, I didn't that's, realize. You know what I'm saying? You're a freaking that's drug da- that front, stuff is man. That's dangerous, fentanyl. Yes. Like, there's nothing Kill good about these guys, man. I'm sorry. If you're if you're a Hell's Angel, then stop listening. I don't give a fuck. Anyway, this is one of the Hell's Angels. He's still alive. He talks like this because he had, you Oof. know. Ugh. But we're he's, not going to hear that he's video. He's got a hole in his neck. This is going to be the interview he did in 1970 about this murder because he was there supposed to be protecting it. And I don't know if you know, that's Charlie uh, Hunnan. Yeah. The guy from, um, Sons of Anarchy. Sons of Anarchy. Is that about the Hell's Angels or just probably loosely based? Yeah. It's like a, I I never watched watched it. it. In the military, like all, like every dude was like, I love this show. And I'm like, dude, you don't even ride a bike. Don't you have to ride a bike? (laughs) (laughs) Don't you have to have a motorcycle to like this show? (laughs) Criteria for being a fan of the show. One, you know? own a motorcycle. Two, it's like... Know how to ride said motorcycle. I have never been on a motorcycle, and I, I don't mind keeping it that way. Like, they it's, frighten me. It's kind of on my bucket list to, to ride on one, but, you know, uh, around okay. the around the cul-de-sac would be fine. Yeah, with a helmet and, like, three bubble suits. Yeah. And... Uh, also, I'd... I'd call it okay on a Vespa as well. Like, yeah, I would. I would do okay on a Vespa. I would like something ch- I can drive check on the sidewalk. The you know what I think is cool though? Those, um, those. Mo- I'm sorry, John. I can. I can see you getting frustrated. No, me. I just blacked they- out. Sorry. <laughs> those the trikes. I wouldn't mind riding a trike, like the Batmobile type things. Those, but also like they have motorcycles that have one wheel in front and two wheels in back. Like a it's motorcycle. like the training like a- wheels. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I feel like I would be safer on that. And less likely yeah. to tip over. Yes. Also, yes. And since it's like an inverse relationship, what she means is she'll be safer and the public will be in more danger. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. This guy's name is Sonny Barger. He's still around. I think we've got one of the Hell's Angels on the line. Sonny Barger. If I got that right, Sonny? Yeah. Okay, what's up? I didn't go there to police nothing, man. I ain't Oof. no cop. I ain't never gonna ever pretend. He just came for the cop. concert. And this Mick Jagger, like, put it all on the angels, man. Like, he used us for dupes, man. You know, and as far as I'm <laughs> concerned, dupes, we were the man. biggest for suckers for that idiot that I can ever see. And you know what? They told me if I could sit on the edge of the stage so nobody would climb over me, you know, I could drink beer until the show was over. And that's what I went there to do. But you know what? When they started messing over our bikes, they started it. I don't know if you think we pay $50 for them things or steal them or pay a lot for them or what. 
ain't nobody going to kick my motorcycle. And they might think because they're in a crowd of 300,000 people that they can do it and get away with it. But when you're standing there looking at something that's your life, and everything you got is invested in that thing, and you love that thing better than you love anything in the world, and you see a guy kick it, I you think he likes his bike. He You're going to get him. And I can kind of see where this story is going. I am not no peace creep by any sense of the word, and you can call them people flower children and this and that. Some of them people was loaded on some drugs that it's just too bad we wasn't loaded on because they come running off of the hill yelling, hey, you know, and jump on somebody, <laughs> and it wasn't even <laughs> always jumping on angels. But when they jumped on an angel, they got hurt. So, and uh, the the uh, victim tonight was actually nowhere near the bikes, but oh, okay, they believe that the the rowdiness caused from people tripping over their bikes. And here's the problem. They use their bikes, their motorcycles, as a barricade. Which is dumb. And then wonder why people are trying to climb over them to see Mick Jagger do his freaking, you know, oh, like a hurricane, kind of shit. Well, I mean, think about it. the words, but that's okay. (laughs) I was going to say, what song is that? Satisfaction, but with John's lyrics. (laughs) (laughs) To make sure we don't get sued for (laughs) copyright copyright infringement. infringement. You didn't. Uh, Yep. I thought you learned your lesson. I guess not. Dad... The vultures are back. Okay, kids, you know the drill. Windows up. Gone too far looking for a good deal on gas? Try Price Match, only from BP Me Rewards at participating BP and Amico stations. Learn more at bp.com slash best price. There are so many reasons not to skip breakfast. So many savory, mouth-watering, tasty, delicious beyond all belief reasons. Actually, that last one was pretty convincing. Stop by for a McDonald's breakfast. Mix and match a sausage biscuit, sausage McMuffin, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Any two for just two bucks. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Yeah, so that's just my opinion. If you want to read this. Patty was hardly surprised when Meredith came back to the car came back to the car to join her for a respite that afternoon. This concert was a bust, and she was ready to leave. Rolling Stones or no Rolling Stones? She was dumbfounded when Hunter went over to the Mustang, unlocked the trunk, and removed a long-barreled twenty-two Smith & Wesson revolver with a blue steel barrel. Bedroft watched him and put the gun, watched him put the gun in the pocket of his jacket. Why are you getting that, she wondered, shocked. Just to protect myself. They're getting really bad, he told her, referring to the Hells Angels. They're pushing people off the stage and beating people up. So his girlfriend is Patty. I would have left at that point, too. Yeah. Uh, So he goes back to his Mustang with his girlfriend, and he pulls out a revolver. That's what the story is, but we don't know if there's a gun or not, right? Okay. Anyway, that's what the Hells Angels are saying. Apparently, the gun wasn't loaded. So we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But I just wouldn't have been having fun at that point. I would just been like, can we listen to it in the, you know, in the car, in the, in the car down the street? Like, do you think we can hear it? No, they don't have like, it. They don't have you like serious I mean? XM. And no, stuff. no, no, no. Not that. No, like, you, just, like you could hear it from like the outside. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah they could. Yeah. 
I mean, it's a, it'd be. I wonder if they'd even be able. Like, how are you going to get your car out, man? And the problem, what a nightmare yeah. that parking well, situation. Well, the problem is, been. like I said, the stage was so so low. low. I mean, you saw the Jefferson Airplane yeah. lady. I mean, she was right there with the crowd. I mean, a few feet up, but nothing. That's man. Terrible. Yeah. So to see, you have to be right up to the band, and that's why a lot of people were up there. And well, then you had to bring their binoculars. It's just a bad situation, all in all. You have a rock and roll band. Yeah, everyone will see Mick Jagger. It's mm-hmm. the end of 1969, you know. The very end. We literally just, just December, walked on yeah. the moon and it, all this stuff, we accomplished all this stuff. Let's cap off the new the new year, you know what Go I'm saying? Go into the new decade. And then the Hells Angels are drunk. It's just a bad situation, man. Anyway, here's the Hells Angels pulling up. Look, look at him drinking. He's... Oh my god, like he's drinking like literally a jug handle. of whatever someone just handed him. It could be moonshine, it could be gas. I mean, who knows? <sighs> but he's drinking it, and this is in the middle of the day, so they got a long way to go. <laughs> I mean, oh my god, I'm surprised like everyone didn't die at this event. Yeah, no kidding. You know, can you read this? Um, Brett Huff wanted to leave. Alamont was no fun at all, and she was getting scared. Hunter wanted to stay and encouraged her to return to where they had been standing. Come on, he gently told Berthoff. Come with me. The Rolling Stones are finally getting ready to go on. The teenage lovers walked away from the Mustang and back toward the stage. It was now time for the headline act. Okay, so now the Hells Angels have been drunk all day. You have, and if you, I'll put the documentary on talkmer.com. You should definitely watch it, especially if you're a fan. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people on drugs. It's funny. A lot of people are walking around butt naked. They don't even know where they are. <laughs> They're like, whoa, colors. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's just like, yeah, a radical bra or whatever. Ah, <laughs> uh, the 60s. It's just crazy. It's, it's a good to watch, you know. Anyway. This is finally the Rolling Stones. They finally get up, and Mick Jagger does the best he can to calm down the crowd, as you're about to see now. See what's going on. I just know that every time we get to a number, something happens. I don't know what's going on, who's doing what. It's just a scuffle. All I can ask you, San Francisco, is like the whole thing. Like this could be the most beautiful evening we've had for this winter. You know, and we've really. Do you see? Yeah, there, yeah. Oh, there he is. Yeah, that's Meredith right now. So, for your podcast listeners, I can't do any more than just ask you, to beg you, just to keep it together. You can do it. It's within your power, everyone. How? Everyone, hell's angels, everybody. Let's just keep ourselves together. So he actually got everyone to sit down. You know, everyone was sitting down for a little bit. It's kind of if you tell your dog to sit and then he gets right back up. Type of shit. <laughs> I will listen to McJagger, whatever yeah. you say. But dude, I mean, he is such he is such a boss on stage. Like yeah. he, he, he is an entertainer. The, yeah. That's for through. sure. He reminds me of the guy from Queen. You yeah. know how Queen yeah. was just Record. like, yeah. yeah. But if you want to read this, this is from the Rolling Stone. As the drums entered once more and Jagger repeatedly intoned the line, I pray that it's all right, another space ominous, ominously began to clear the audience below. 
The huge mass of people near the stage was now disintegrating, crumbling under the weight of the fear sweeping its ranks. The Hells Angels swooped into the crowd, a leather-clad phalanx wading into the morass, and the fans in their vicinity rapidly backpedaled, seeking daylight from whoever or whatever had sparked the angels' ire. So this is them about this time, this video here, getting pissed. And for you podcast listeners, we're just showing the concert and the aggression that the Hells Angels are levying on the crowd. And you can see Meredith Hunter, the victim tonight, in his lime green suit. He and stands it's out very, right away exactly, because of that suit. Because it's a, a fluorescent green. The, the photo that I'm putting on TalkMurder.com of him, the first one you're going to see, that, that uh, coloring. It looked khaki in, yeah, in the first exactly. picture that you But he us. is wearing a lime green suit. Yep complete suit and in the dark with minimal light he stands out so you can really see this and it's important because you can see him get you can see murdered the victim, yeah yeah and we're going to see him get murdered oh here in oh. a second because it got on video because they were videoing the concert and he wow. gets murdered right there oh at the God. concert so oh boy so this is the aggression of the of the angels there everyone's getting more drunk Mick Jagger's not getting anyone to sit down like he wants to, so it's getting worse. Here is a picture of Meredith Hunter right here. You can definitely see him in a crowd. He's actually looking at... He's also super tall yeah, yeah. compared to everyone yeah. else. Like, he really yeah. just stands can, out with he that looks lime like, green suit. He looks afraid in that picture. Well, yeah. I th honestly, I I'd think... I'd be afraid. Yeah. I think he was just... Because he could have left, you know, and he was yeah. at the jazz festival. I think he just really loved the music and he just wanted to be as close as possible to the band. That's what it it seems like in the documentary. Angel jerked roughly on Hunter's ear and hair, chuckling all the while at his daring as he yanked from a speaker box and onto the ground alongside him. Hunter shook off the angel and told him and held him by the arm and hand. Hunter pulled back and the angel punched him in the mouth. Um, Benghoff glanced in his directing direction, having missed the opening beats of the skirmish. The angels faltered to the ground and he leapt up intent on defending himself against their assault. Anyway, he's pretty close, but he wants to get closer. So he decides to climb on the speaker, the, uh, the PA speaker, from the band and other people are doing that too and the hell's angels just throw them off so that's what happened apparently in this situation now the camera documentary crew they didn't film that portion because the camera was kind of skewed to the right when he was all the way to the left sitting on the speaker so you can't actually see him sitting on the speaker but you do see the scrimmage that happens when they pull him off mm -hmm. and that's what we're about to see right now so you guys understand why they pulled him off, right? Because he was climbing on the speaker. Exactly. Exactly. How did he get that close? Like when the band was about to go on and they were already at the car. Like how do you get that? You make your way through that huge crowd. Yeah, I guess like, you make your th way through it. Throw some elbows. Oh, no. Yeah, you got to throw them bows. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Bowflex. <laughs> <laughs> you got to buy a bowflex for $1,000 and then you can throw them bows. <laughs> Here we go. Free podcast listeners, we're watching the video of the scrimmage right now. The, there he is. Uh, there he is, Meredith Hunter. And do you, do you see the Hells Angel? Yeah. Yep. Well, I'll show you a little closer, but did you see him wielding a weapon? No. The Hells Angel's actually the guy. 
and I'm going to show you, you know, who he is in a minute. Wielded a knife. We're splitting, man, if those cats don't stop beating everybody up inside. I want them out of the way, man. One of the Hells Angels came up and said that guy's got a gun out there and he wanted to shoot at the stage or shot at the stage or something. So we need to figure out if he had a gun at all, because if he didn't have a gun, that's just a hate crime because there were other people on the speakers that got pulled off, but he was the only one that was killed. Now, let's see if you can see the knife first. And the, this is we're saying the Hells Angel gentleman had the knife. Yeah, exactly. Okay. There was... Multiple Hells Angels involved, about, I don't know, six or seven or eight, okay. probably, that kind of destroyed this guy. I mean, this is what <sighs> they did. They they would, like, and you're about to read, they would stomp, curb stomp, like, right on his face Jesus. with their boots or whatever, whatever the term is. Like, it was bad news. When Bredhoff glanced in his direction, having missed the opening beats of the skirmish, she thought she saw Hunter turning around and being approached by the first angel, then two or three more. The angels knocked Hunter to the ground, and he leapt up, intent on defending himself against their assaults. Hunter attempted to flee to the crowd. The angel then leapt off the stage and chased after Hunter, joined by four of his fellow bikers. They stepped on bystanders' fingers and feet in their haste to pursue him. Five bikers surrounded one teenager, assaulting him without justification or fear of interruption. As on so many other occasions that day, Meredith Hunter pushed through the crowd away from him in his desperate flight from the angels, looking fiercely at his tormentors in a doomed attempt to scare them off. The article was saying that he pulled out a gun to scare the angels off. And we'll see that from the video. But... That's what it's saying. And he was big. And the reason he pulled out the gun is because there were it was not just one or two. It was I mean, you saw the video is like right. four or five. And here's the video again. Let's see if we can see the knife that the angel pulls out. Is it going to be in slow-mo or no? We just have to look. Um, Not in slow-mo, but I have a still image. Do you see the knife? Oh, yeah, actually. Yeah. Whoa, that's a big knife. Yeah, it's a huge knife. That knife actually penetrates the back, his back, Meredith Hunter's back four or five times. And that doesn't cause his death. Actually, the death is caused by the stomping on the face. Oh, my God. By six or seven of these angels. But here's a here's a better image of the knife right here. Wow. Do you see it? Holy crap. Can you kind of describe for our podcast listeners? So, it's like a dagger. Yeah, it is a really large um, knife. Not like a machete or any. Uh, anything like that, but that's a big blade. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so the Hell's Angel there... His name is Pissarro. I'm going to talk about him in a minute, but look how he's kind of jumping up because. And it looks like um, Meredith, Meredith is like ready to try to punch him back. And it looks like his girlfriend is trying to hold back yeah. his arm. That's exactly what's happening is, is from the uh, Rolling Stones article. Yeah. So his girlfriend is trying to stop this mm -hmm. and and the Hell's Angel is kind of coming up over top of him with a knife. And at this point. You know, it's not a fair fight because you have six of these bikers on one guy. And I mean, that's just awful. Reaching into the pocket of his suit jacket, he pulled out his pistol and held it up in the air. Both his arms were spread with his left hand clutching the gun outstretched in the direction of the stage. Bredhoff shouted at Hunter not to shoot. She grabbed at Hunter, then turned, spun around by the momentum of the fracas. 
Hunter was still running away, even as he began to lower his gun. A short, stocky angel named Alan Pissarro, wearing a sleeveless light brown vest with a Frisco patch on his left breast, jumped on him from behind, grabbing his arm. The biker almost rode on his back as he raised his arm over his head and brought his knife down in a long, curving arc, stabbing Hunter twice. Bredhoff was now alone in the empty circle cleared out by the fearful audience as Hunter was carried away from her. So when you saw the video of Mick Jagger saying, "What you guys are all fighting and all this stuff, that during that time of him saying that to the audience is when this guy is getting murdered. Wow. So if you... But do we know for sure that he actually had a pistol? That's a good question. Because you brought this up and, and this article is saying that he's he pulled one out exactly. and held it up in the air. Okay, so let's look at that right now. I'm going to fast forward a little bit. Okay. And just uh, real quick, Alan Persaro, and I'll talk about him. He was only in the Hells Angels for a month. He just got out of prison for some drug charges and he went like right back in there and he died like a couple years later off some, I don't know, whatever gang fight or whatever. Who cares, you mm -hmm. know? But anyway, um, that was him. So let me uh, fast forward a little bit and let's see if we can find the gun. Where's the gun? He says, where's the gun? Against the girl's crocheted dress. Oh, it's there, isn't it? You see it? Oh, oh, yeah. I'll put this on talkmore.com. You can see the gun silhouette is definitely a, a gun. It's definitely. I mean, it's not his long finger. In fact, the police did find the gun. And from what they say, it was the gun was unloaded. So just like his girlfriend said, there was no bullets in the gun at all. He just used it as a scare tactic. So, mm. so he did wield a gun. Meredith Hunter was in front of them and under their feet, and something had enraged them, enraged them. Something had sent the Hell's Angels into a frenzied motion that would not be state sated. Any threat that Hunter's gun might have posed had long since been quelled, but the assault went on until he was battered and bruised and completely still. One of the angels grabbed a cardboard garbage can with a metal rim and proceeded to bash it against Hunter's skull. He then dropped the garbage can and, joined by his fellow bikers, kicked Hunter repeatedly in the head. The angel who had stabbed him had not yet done with Hunter, stood on top of his battered head for a full minute before stepping back. Don't touch him, he told a bystander who had been watching the fight. He's going to die anyway. All right, so his girlfriend, Oof. Patty, yeah, his girlfriend, Patty, uh, said that an angel stopped her from getting involved. And he said to her, quote, he was going to kill us. He deserves whatever he gets. And, you know, obviously that's not true. The dude didn't have any bullets in his gun. Uh, a group of bystanders, including a but guy. But they didn't know that. To be, to be fair, they didn't know that he didn't have bullets in the gun. Yeah, that is true. But, I mean, it takes eight dudes to freaking... Totally agree. Yeah, but like you, you. All right. So here, here's what makes it murder, in, in my I, opinion. I know. It's, I mean, you it's you, not, dis, it's you not disarm exactly the guy. You get him on the ground. He is no longer a threat, and now right. he doesn't need to die. But yet you take eight of your members, and this is why I, I called them pussies. Because I mean, come on. It takes eight. Eight of these dudes are stomping on his face. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, there's no respect to me. Extreme. Yeah. Exactly. So. You got eight Hell's Angels stomping on his face. That's murder, in my opinion. Yes. And oh, not only murder, yes. I think it's a hate crime. Mm. And and everyone else thinks of that, too. Yeah. At first, I didn't because I you know, I saw the gun. But then I started thinking about it. And I was reading some more of the articles. And I was like, you know what? I mean, this is just a little extreme. There's a difference, though, because he didn't 
I mean, obviously they didn't know that the the Hell's Angels in the mo and, and believe me, let me get to my point. But the Hell's Angels didn't know that the gun was not loaded. But at the same time, once you get him down and disarmed, yeah, like you, the violence that they used was beyond excessive. Oh, yeah. So like. It's, you can't even say, well, it was self-defense because he had a gun. Like, oh, yeah. no, like, you know, it wasn't. And it's I, not I think the other interesting no, I know point that, but that's what I'm, is like who actually started it. I like they, they I think they might have been saying that he pulled the gun out and was like aiming towards a stage. You, It does look like the if you but, watch the video that it, it did kind of aim towards a stage. But I think that was more of right. just the motion. So, of the, So like the scuffle uh, did the scuffle ensue first and then he pulls his gun in protection and then he like i don't think he was the first one to, to well, draw from the, gun, the video you know what it I mean? looks like he is trying to run away yeah right. and then he pulls the gun and then exactly. more hell's angels chase so him he didn't like he still it doesn't look like he was drawing the first punch if you will no, because, by showing his gun he was wielding his gun in self-defense the, to the, begin with the knife was above his head right and right then, and like, then he you gets see the knife back and then or then you see the gun i mean the, yep. yeah then you see the gun so right so it's it's almost like he was wielding his gun in in, in self defense. Right. Well, let, let me um let me paint which was let, let me let me try to done anything. let me try to paint the Hell's Angels in a, a better light because I've been kind of rough on them. Uh, a group of bystanders, including a guy named Paul Cox, he sees the Hell's Angels just uh, booted this guy to death. His face is literally like a lasagna plate, probably. Mm. And Paul Cox. A good bystander flips him over. He's breathing in his own blood, but he's still alive. He's just like gurgling. And he tried to carry him out, but a group of the Hells Angels stood in his path and said, no, he's not going. What? <gasps> yeah. Oh, my God. They, they they literally blocked his path so he would die before they could get That's him there. That's terrible. Yeah, so. Like, they could have they could have made I the mean, difference. They could have medical, allow him to get medical care. Yeah, I mean, they could have taken. Well, there was a helicopter, which eventually he got to, but it took a lot longer because the Hells Angels were like, no, you're not coming past here with him. I'm just saying, man, that's Jesus. how it is. Anyway, this dude, uh, Paul Pizarro, freaking life in prison, right? Death penalty, probably. Oh, God. And this is uh, from San... Fernando County Sun, 15th of January, 1971. Hell's Angel is acquitted of rock festival killing. Yeah, so that's him right there. He was acquitted of the murder in 1979, even though they actually show him on video, you know, killing the guy. How is that possible? Well, how do they possibly acquit him? The, the family didn't they get were, any justice. They were going on like that it was self-defense or yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah. I mean. That's, a, that's awful. You know, whatever. The uh, the there was a cold case actually opened until 2005. They thought there was another stabber in the crowd, mm. and that was closed in 2005, which was you know pretty 15 years ago. He actually got free, acquitted of all charges, but then he was sent to prison for the rest of his life for the RICO charges. If you guys watch it, ever mm. any uh, mafia documentaries, you know about the RICO, mm -hmm. where the uh, the feds were bugging the. Uh, you know, the, the mob bosses, mm -hmm. the wiretaps and stuff. That was the Rico thing. Yeah. And which is funny because the going back to the Hells Angels biker that we saw, the, mm -hmm. the interview. Yeah. You remember the first thing he said was, I ain't no cop. Yeah. I ain't pretending to be a cop. That's the first thing I noticed is like, okay, dude, you're not a cop. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like, cool. <laughs> huh. So, in fact, that guy, Sonny Barger, 
uh, he actually went to prison as well in 1979 for RICO charges. <laughs> so obviously he's not a cop. <laughs> <laughs> One year after Passaro was released in pres- from prison, 1986, uh, he was found dead in a reservoir with $10,000 in his pocket. Huh. You know, probably a lot more than that. Because in my police report, 10000 yeah. And I got like 30000 <laughs> stuffed in my... <laughs> <laughs> Reasons why John would never be a cop. Oh, I'd be crooked as shit. <laughs> At least he's honest. <laughs> this is his grave right here. Aww. There is actually a documentary of a grave... Guy, what do you call him? A gravekeeper, like an undertaker? Type no, not an undertaker. The ones that groundskeeper. Th- yeah, but they have a certain name for him. It's not groundskeeper. Something else. Caretaker. It's another. I can't remember the name. But he made a documentary for this guy, and I, I can link that as well. It talks about the event and kind of trying to uh, bring some light on this event because it's a very tragic event, and I do believe it was a hate crime. I mean, I think a lot of people agree with that. Yeah. And it was those times back then. That is the time, though. So, I mean, honestly, being an African-American at that concert, you're taking a risk anyway. And that's how it was. Unfortunately, you know, and I don't think it would have even been an issue if he if he wasn't black. I'm just saying. Could be. Um, Qu- but, yeah, go ahead. A couple questions. When that scuffle did ensue, what happened after the concert? Like, did that end the concert? Oh, no, no. Mick Jagger kept playing because he didn't know. They didn't know that somebody died. No, they didn't know until this documentary when they were. So this documentary, the one that you're watching now, Mm -hmm. they were. I mean, the documentary is of them making the documentary. You you know, right? you you see that right in the thing. So. He learns right there them making the documentary that oh yeah somebody like, died somebody died yeah oh, no 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 I shouldn't say that the the word got out pretty quickly the right. next day that someone died but he didn't know who or whatever he definitely didn't know that night no one did everyone just kept going right you got know? it um, but anyway this is uh, his girlfriend Patty right here and this is the last clip for tonight so that's him on the stretcher. Uh, proceeded to put him down on the ground and start kicking him. And he has a couple stab wounds in his back and uh, went over his ear. And tried to keep him alive, and uh, when we got here, the doctor checked him out. And that was we it. pronounced him dead, and it was super funny. We have a request for medical attention. That's his girlfriend screaming. They can't hear his heart. That's what she said. Don't worry about it. I'm going to put him in this worldly version. I have to go with him. Okay. As he's in a body bag and the other guy is telling the girlfriend he's not going to die. Yeah. Uh, You know, um, Um, I did a little bit of research on their relationship. Apparently, they were extremely close to each other. She, like, really loved him. So this whole thing really shook her up as Mm -hmm. well. And it really destroyed the whole family. Like I said, his mother was schizophrenic and just lost her husband. Mm. Now she just lost her eighteen-year-old son. So luckily, That's she awful. still had you know her daughter there, Dixie. But it's just a sad situation. Mm. But it's really interesting because this event did bring in the seventies. That's what all the old timers. If you ask any old timer music oldies lover, they'll they'll say that this event right here brought in the seventies. 
you know, the age of Aquarius. That's what they always say. Um, there were people online saying, oh, there was there was no uniform cops there. You just saw a uniform cop. If mm-hmm. you watch the whole documentary, there's I mean, there's not a ton, but well, you see like five or six. I mean, I know like were were they only called in though because somebody died? No, because they because at one point in the video you saw more. Yeah, there were some on the stage. Yeah, there mm-hmm. were uniform cops there. Honestly, here's the problem, man. You bring the Hell's Angels in to do security, and to pay them, you just let them drink as much as they want. And and obviously, they're parking their bikes as barriers, and people are trying to climb over them. Obviously, you don't go and kick yeah, someone's that's, motorcycle that's just down. That's going to end well. Not going to end yeah. well. Yeah. I mean, if you go and kick someone's motorcycle over just in town, you're going to get your ass beat. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's mm-hmm. not a good idea. No. It's a terrible idea. No, it's terrible, yeah. But that is the story of one of the most famous raceways now in history. Jeez, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. But um, that is the Rolling Stones murder. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah. Yep. Crazy, and, sad story. Yeah, and Mick Jagger is actually still performing. He's had some health issues, but, oh, you know, yeah, he's... Oh, yeah, he did have a heart surgery recently, didn't Yeah, he? but he's on uh, Twitter. Uh, he just posted something with his, like, uh, grandkids watching him perform. They're probably like, what is this? <laughs> This isn't a three-second video. I can't stay focused this long. <laughs> Where's the like button? Are they... <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, that's stupid. Anyway, my name's John here with Jen. Nicole, I hope you guys like that. Go to talkmer.com. But that is uh, Talk Murder to Me, and that's the Mick Jagger story. So. Sweet. Thanks, John. Yeah, you're welcome. So until next time, good night, you lovely, lovely people. Okay, Jim, we're next in line. Perfect, Jim. Things are going very smoothly. You remembered the cell phone bill? Yes, and the birth certificate. Nice. We'll have a real ID in no time. That's right. Ready to fly to Carla's graduation and then the big game. Real great work, Jim. You too, Jim. Excuse me, are you talking to yourself? Now serving B25 at window number 10. That's our cue, Jim. Excuse us. Talk yourself into real ID readiness by May 3rd, 2023. Make a plan at dhs.gov slash real ID. Switching to GEICO is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, GEICO makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to GEICO, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, GEICO has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to GEICO. It's obviously a good idea.